162 games of baseball a season can feel like a grind to watch, but you can put the excitement back into each and every game with my bookie. Run lines, money lines, props galore. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie. Getting started is simple. Deposit $300 and play with $200 instantly. Just use promo code ZABE to claim a MyBookie deposit bonus. Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the MyBookie family. Go ahead and sign up today using promo code ZABE to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with MyBookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.com. Today on the Zabecast, he is the Pete Roselle of professional wrestling. What does the retirement of Vincent Kennedy McMahon mean for pro wrestling? The great and one and only Al Galdi weighs in. Julio Jones is a home and it's right where you might expect, plus a new fight song for old DC. Your 35-minute sports and stuff podcast joyride is about to begin. So buckle up and let's go. <laughs> Here we go. Wednesday, July 27, 2022. Thank you for downloading. Let's get right to it. Julio Jones. You know Julio has gone to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So the seven-time Pro Bowl wide receiver, the all-time leader at yards per game at 91.9 yards per game, ahead of Justin Jefferson, the sensational young wide out for the Minnesota Vikings, Calvin Johnson, Michael Thomas, Antonio Brown, and DeAndre Hopkins. But he's 33. And he was in and out and in and out of the shop last year for Tennessee in the worst way. Hamstring issues the entire year. In fact, here's his numbers from last year. 10 games, 10 starts, only 31 catches, one touchdown. And like I said, in and out and in and out with hamstrings. His catch numbers continued to decline. His games played numbers continues to decline. He was a 16-16 guy, except for two games in 2016. So he went 16 of 16 every year from 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, unless, except for the one year he missed two games. That would be 2016. Then there was 15 games three years ago. There was nine games two years ago in Atlanta, and only 10 games last year for Tennessee. 32 years old, he'll be 33, according to Pro Football Reference, on February 8th. So he'll play the whole season in his age 32 season. He'll be catching passes. We presume he'll be ready to play and catch some passes, be added to that otherwise potent wide receiver room in Tampa from Tom Brady, 45 years old. Julio Jones. Some Packer fans were saying, why aren't we kicking the tires on him? Why don't we go get him? Come on. Well, apparently today, Brian Gutekunst once again said, we were in on every conversation, which is the the catchphrase that pays. In on every conversation. Just didn't quite get him. For the record, I didn't want the Packers to go after Julio Jones. I think he is done. I think the fact that he sat around 
uh, right until now, tells you what the league-wide opinion on him is, and I have a hard time believing that those numbers are going to bounce back. But if he has a bomb year in Tampa, oh boy. And if Alan Lazard is not what some are saying he can be as a perhaps wide receiver one, then you're going to hear about it. Aaron Rodgers came to camp on Tuesday in Green Bay looking like a dead ringer for Nick Cage in Con Air. Long, flowing hair, full beard with a little salt and pepper in it, white, tight, tank top, wife beater, tank top. Can I, can I still say that? Is that it's politically incorrect, isn't it? The reason that the wife beater got its name as a garment is because on the TV show Cops, most of the time in which they'd have to go arrest some scumbag who was either beating his wife or being a complete menace or totally on drugs and whatever, he was in a plain white tank top, tank top undershirt. Rogers rolls up, <laughs> jeans, white tank top, flowing hair, full beard, salt and pepper, and I love it. Lean into that look right there. I'm like, T.O., that's my quarterback, man. That's my quarterback. The other Josh Allen in the NFL, not the quarterback Josh Allen in Buffalo, but the Jaguars outside linebacker Josh Allen, was asked about how is it so far one day in to the new Doug Peterson regime versus Urban Meyer last year. He said, quote, there's a big difference he laughed and said, uh, uh, when asked, is there a big difference? He laughed with a big, yeah. And then added, quote, it's a professional locker room. It's a professional setting. He's talking to us like grown men. The Urban Meyer experiment, as it gets further and further into the rear view, is going to be one of the biggest coaching disasters this side of Les Steckel. This side of... Who was the Jets coach that was terrible? There's been a few, but it's bad. Gardner Minshew arrived for Eagles camp in a style fitting for Gardner Minshew, who was a hot thing for a hot second in this league in Jacksonville. He rode in on a bus that he says he's been living in for the last five months. Really? Been living it. Define living exactly. The bus used to be used to transport inmates. It's a plain white sort of shuttle bus. He fixed it up. Now he's selling it. Says it would be a perfect bus for tailgating. Yeah, yeah. You can find those on eBay Motors all day, every day. Hey, this would be a great tailgate bus. And you're all into it. And you're like, yeah, man, this would be rad. We'll paint it up in team colors. We'll put flags on it. We'll put booze in it. We'll grill outside. Yeah. Yeah, and you do that for eight times a year. Then that stupid bus sits in your yard or in your driveway or somewhere else week after week after week the rest of the year. Eh, let somebody else own those vehicles. Bill Belichick says Mac Jones has shown, quote, dramatic improvement this offseason. High praise from a guy who normally does not do that. We know that Mac Jones looks thicker, looks more buff, but we shall see once the bullets start flying. It's great to have Lord Football back and stirring, and now on a Wednesday, everybody 
is fully up to speed, and here we go. Lord football, yet again in our lives. Quick break when we come back. The legend of Vincent Kennedy McMahon, the highs, the lows, with Al Galdi. You are listening to delicious, free content delivered right to your ears. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. 162 games of baseball a season can feel like a grind to watch, but you can put the excitement back into each and every game with my bookie. Run lines, money lines, props galore. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie. Getting started is simple. Deposit $300 and play with $200 instantly. Just use promo code ZABE to claim a MyBookie deposit bonus. Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the MyBookie family. Go ahead and sign up today using promo code ZABE to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with MyBookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.com. We're not talking about a title defense. We'll wait for WrestleMania for that. How about if Triple H goes one-on-one with someone that Stephanie McMahon is very comfortable with? What? Who could that be? I don't know. Someone that Stephanie McMahon has something in common with. Vince's daughter? How about Triple H one-on-one with 
The Godfather. Hey, Stephanie, who knows? You might even get lucky tonight. What? I mean, let's face it. Tonight, here on SmackDown, Stephanie just may take a ride on the whole tag. I can't believe it. Can you believe this? All right, when choosing a great Vince McMahon moment to introduce Al Galdi, I had a lot of options at my fingertips, Al, so I have no idea if the YouTube algorithm did me right by offering that one up near the top of the list. Well, I think given what's going on with Uncle Vince, that's actually very appropriate. <laughs> so yeah, the appropriate one. All right. Yeah. All right. Tell me when that was from. Let's go. I know you remember these things. Yeah. So that would have been like 99, 2000-ish, somewhere in there. Was that peak I mean, Attitude Era? Yeah, exactly. That's when they had the Godfather and they had the Ho Train and Vince was on TV every week and Stephanie was on TV pretty much every week. So, yeah, that's like 20 plus years ago at this oh, point. It's so good, though. I mean, the salaciousness of it that Triple H would have to wrestle the Godfather and if he lost, Stephanie would take a ride on the Ho Train. Yeah. Do you know that Vince at one time this is legitimate, wanted to do an incest angle with Stephanie, and he wanted to do an angle where he had impregnated his own daughter. That was actually a storyline that Vince wanted to do, and Stephanie shot it down. She would not do it. She's admitted well, to this. Well, that's that's probably for the best. Yeah, I think so, too. Okay, so as much as I liked the Attitude Era, uh, I would say that, thankfully, there were some people pushing back on Vince that said, nah. No, nah, this is not going to be good. But how do you, Galdi, look at the retirement of one Vince McMahon? Well, it's pretty amazing because Vince has had a reputation forever as someone who loves what he does, is a workaholic, and was probably going to die doing what he had been doing. And so that he stepped down tells you, that he was compelled to step down. And as time goes on here, we're seeing that there's more and more, uh, there are more layers to the onion that continually are getting peeled. Uh, The Wall Street Journal has some sort of uh, source here because the Wall Street Journal keeps breaking news every five minutes, it feels like, in this scandal. So, you know, his quote-unquote retirement, of course, was not a retirement. He did this because WWE is a publicly traded company. And uh, I think there's a lot more coming that's going to make him look even worse, including potentially having used company funds to help pay off these women uh, with whom he had affairs and uh, things of that nature. So, yeah, I mean, I think you you kind of start with that. But, you know, the legacy of Vince in the business is something else because he probably is the most significant person in the history of professional wrestling. And there's good and bad. But I don't think that there's ever been a more significant person than him. What's the best part? of what Vince McMahon did for professional wrestling? Well, he turned it into a global phenomenon. So pro wrestling was basic in this country was, you know, territorial for years. And so you you were regional and what he did. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a very interesting story. He bought out the company from his dad 
didn't tell his dad what the plans were and then took w the then wwf national starting in 1984 and he took a big risk um but Mm. it paid off and he ended up driving out all the territories or most of them anyway out of business and he ended up becoming by far the number one promotion and he has stayed that way for the most part for the last nearly 40 years now so his dad owned wwf the original yeah which was was, based out of where uh, it was based actually in, in Northeast. Was, uh, yeah. Yeah. It was like a mid, but it was like a mid Atlantic territory. It actually had strong ties to Washington DC. It started off as a uh, capital, I think with capital wrestling federation. Okay. If I'm remembering that correctly. How, how many other significant circuits were there rattling around through the South and the Midwest and everywhere else? Oh, there were a lot. I mean, I, I, the number would probably be, I don't know, 10 to 15. So I have right. to count them up. Who, who like, are the more significant good. ones? Give me two or three of the more significant ones. Yeah, so you had like Georgia Championship Wrestling, which was based in Georgia. Uh, you had a territory out in California, like San Francisco area. You had a territory in Memphis, uh, the uh, the Jerry Jarrett, Jerry Lawler territory. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had a company in Texas. Uh, you had the AWA, which was fairly regional in Minneapolis before becoming, uh, or at least trying to become national. So it really was like the mafia, like every, every territory sure. had its own like little carve out of the country. and. You were to maintain those uh, those borders like you were not to try to infiltrate someone else's territory. What Vince did was this like he broke the code, which you weren't supposed to do. And (laughs) it it worked. He put everyone else out of business. So he bought his dad's company without telling him my plan is to go national. And the dad was like he wouldn't have done that or wouldn't have thought it would have worked. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, look, it's Vince, so you have to take everything with a grain of salt, but the way Vince has told the story is that his dad would have never sold the company to Vince if his dad knew what Vince planned to do with the company. All right, what helped take WWF national? Hulk Hogan? Yeah, that was probably the biggest thing. I mean, what Vince did was he raided these territories, so he took the top stars from all these territories. Where did he get Hogan? He got Hogan from the AWA. So he got Hogan from, like, the Minneapolis territory. He got uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, who had been a big star in Georgia and also in Portland. Uh, Vince got someone like the Junkyard Dog, who had been a big star in the Mid-South region. Basically, did Vince go on the road and scout these guys and say, I want him, him, him? Uh, Or did he just know who were the big acts, so to speak? Exactly. He knew and, you know, he had people with him who could recommend to him who to get. But like if you were in the business, you knew who the top guys were, who the top draws were. And so he just paid these guys more money and had them all jump to him. And and these guys weren't under contract to their own little, you know, podunk wrestling outfits all across the country. No, I mean, I, you know, there may have been some contractual arrangements, but uh, things... They were easily broken. They were yeah, broken exactly. with money or threats or lawyers. Yeah, this was pro wrestling in the 80s, man. <laughs> Cocaine, steroids, and uh, loosely worded deals, exactly. Okay, so he's starting to get all these different star wrestlers. And what else gets WWF and Vince McMahon on the national radar? Well, he did something which which at the time was pretty groundbreaking. Today it seems kind of obvious, but he started doing tie-ins with celebrities and industries beyond wrestling. Like, so like Cindy Lauper. Exactly. So like the and, and the big one really was Mr. T. Mr. T, as I know you remember, he was a really big deal in the mid eighties. Hell yeah. And people at the time 
there really was kind of a people perceived him to be legit. Like they thought that he was legitimately tough, even though, you know, <laughs> he was an actor. But like this is the way it was in the 80s. Like people thought someone like Mr. T was a tough guy. And so Vince got Mr. T to be Hulk Hogan's tag team partner in the first WrestleMania. And that in conjunction with Cindy Lauper and uh, forging what Vince called the rock and wrestling connection and having this tie in with MTV, which was, was be, which was becoming a big deal at the time. That ended up really propelling the WWF and exposing a lot of non-wrestling fans to wrestling. And, you know, that's the thing that Vince did. He didn't even like the word wrestling. You know, he tried to uh, paint this as, hey, we're not wrestling. We're not, you know, from the 1970s with smoke-filled dark arenas. Like, look at us. We're showmen. We're entertainment. You know, we're pizzazz. We're high-level production values. And so he really sort of altered the way he put this forward. The other thing he did, too, he... He is a very good television man, and his television team, his television production has been top-notch for years. And I know that he used to, like, study the NBA for this stuff, and he took wrestling from a television standpoint into a new way in terms of how it was presented on TV. Yeah, because in all these clips I see, the biggest part of the drama is the tight zoom-in on the faces of the wrestlers and of Vince himself. And so that acting part of it became a crucial part of the cell. And you don't see that if you're in the 210 section of a sold-out arena. No, you don't. And the other thing he was doing, too, was he was pushing these roided-up monsters. And so (laughs) you went from having, you know, pro wrestling had guys who were big. But But they were potbelly big. They were redneck big. They were soft muscle big. And Vince got guys who were jacked to the moon and got guys who looked like very few people would ever would look at that time. And like everyone was like this. So he didn't have just one or two. He had like everyone looking like this. And so that was different, that people had a look with with his company that you did not have in other companies. And it was it was almost comical because Vince would take guys from territories and they'd show up in his promotion and all of a sudden, magically, they'd be like 30 pounds heavier and they'd be they looked like they had never looked before. And you were like, wow, that's odd. How did that happen? Well, uh, you know, this could be skinless chicken and high reps, as my friend <laughs> yeah. Al Galdi once exactly. said. OK, so the one of the all time controversies involving Vince was the Montreal screw job. Tell yeah. people what that was who are not big wrestling fans. Yeah. So 1997. One of the top stars in the WWF is Bret Hart, who's from Canada. And Bret is the top paid guy in the WWF, which at the time is struggling financially. Bret also is at or near 40, which at the time in wrestling was seen as like over the hill. Now it's, it's different. But Vince wanted out of the contract. And so Vince went to Bret and said, look, I can't afford to keep paying you. I'm going to broach the contract and allow you to go to the competing company, WCW. And, you know, we need to figure out how to get you out of here. And Brett was a champion at the time. Brett also had a legitimate personal issue with the guy who Vince wanted to make the top star, Shawn Michaels. And so it became a big deal how the championship was going to be taken off Brett. Long story short, they had a match in Montreal at Survivor Series 97. Vince told Brett that the finish was going to be one thing, what's called a schmaz, where it's like a double disqualification. <laughs> a schmaz. A schmaz, yeah. And then what, the, what Vince did was he ordered the referee, Earl Hebner, to ring the bell at a, at a spot in the match where Sean had Brett in a submission hold, which was actually Brett's finishing move. 
And oh. that's how the match ended. And Brett was legitimately swerved. He this like rarely happens in wrestling, right? Like two wrestlers going into the match know what the finish of the match is. In this case, one guy knew one thing, the other guy thought another thing. And so that happened in Montreal because Brett didn't want to lose to Sean in Montreal, although it's it's more complicated than just that. But I mean, I'm not gonna bore everyone with the details. And then after the match, Brett spit in Vince's face. This is all legitimate. This isn't like part of the show. Brett spit in Vince's face and then ended up uh, showing up in WCW like a week or two later. Wow. And what's so funny what's so funny about the whole thing is that a documentary crew was following Brett throughout the course of that year. And so there's all this behind the scenes footage of what led up to the Montreal screw job. And so all of this is validated by video and by audio. So like Vince lying to Brett and then Brett actually after the show punching Vince in the locker room. All of this stuff has been uh, documented to varying degrees because this crew was following Brett Hart that year. It's, uh, it's a fascinating story. Yeah, it's amazing. When it came to The Rock, who found him? Vince? Uh, I don't know if I'd say Vince found him. I mean, The Rock is the son of a guy who was in the WWF in the 70s and 80s, Rocky Johnson. And then The Rock was in actually one of the surviving territories, the Memphis Territory, USWA, in the mid-90s. Uh, his name was Flex Cavana. You can find footage on YouTube. It's pretty funny. <laughs> okay. So it was kind of like The Rock was sort of destined to be in the WWF because of his size and his look. And look, Vince initially botched it with The Rock. See, that's the thing with Vince – He's very good from a business standpoint, a television standpoint. Creatively speaking, it's a different story. That's why his legacy is mixed. Um, and so it took them a, a year or two to get it right with The Rock. But once they got it right, The Rock took off because his charisma was undeniable. Um, so, you know. If I were to create a Mount Rushmore of the most influential, meaningful wrestling figures of all time, and I put on there Ric Flair... Hulk Hogan, The Rock, and Vince. Is that a good foursome? Yeah, I mean, I think you can... I would probably argue Steve Austin over The Rock just because Austin was around longer. Yeah, but you know what? It's debatable because The Rock has come back and done big business. So that you really could go either way on that. I I would say The Rock gives wrestling a post-mortem shine because he's now a big-time movie star. Yeah. So people yeah. can go, oh, and he also once wrestled, which gives some legitimacy to professional wrestling in retrospect. Yeah, no, you absolutely can make that case. And The Rock came back uh, about 10 years ago now and did huge business with John Cena uh, over multiple WrestleManias. So you, you could certainly argue that that put him ahead of Austin. But yeah, I mean, those four guys for sure. And, you know, I think Vince is number one just in terms of, again, the significance to the history of the business. There's never been a more significant figure in the business. Yeah. His daughter married Triple H or Paul Levesque, I believe, is his real name, right? Levesque, yeah. Levesque, okay, yes. Uh, was this an arranged marriage to keep <laughs> the company? I kid you not. Was it arranged or nudged to keep the business in the family? Or what do you make of Triple H and Stephanie? Yeah, so, no, it was not arranged to answer your question. In fact, initially, Vince discouraged it because I don't think he wanted Stephanie uh, hooking up with one of these guys. Yeah, exactly, for a lot of reasons. 
And uh, Triple H has been known for years as a very smart behind the scenes manipulator. And so a lot of people thought that he got with Stephanie as part of like this Machiavellian plan to ultimately take over WWE. And of course, uh, interestingly, that's actually what's happening here with uh, Triple H taking over creative now with Vince out. But no, I, I think Triple H actually mirrors Vince in a lot of ways. They're both like very much alpha males. Uh, Vince is huge into bodybuilding and weightlifting, as has been Triple H for years. So I think they connected that way. So, I, you know, I, I think after briefly discouraging it, uh, Vince was on board with it. And they've been together now. I think they got married in 03. So it's been almost 20 years now uh, that they've been together. And Triple H has become one of the most powerful people in the business. How do we know Vince won't be sort of calling the shots from, quote, his retirement rocker? We don't. And oh. that's, 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 exactly, <laughs> that's exactly the point, man. Um, we don't. And, you know, who knows? Maybe he comes back at some point. I mean, we got to see how bad this scandal gets. And right now it does look pretty bad. He also, I mean, he's almost 80 now. He's, uh, I think he's 77. Right. And he... If you listen to him speak, uh -oh. he does not speak the way he used to speak. And there have been a lot of rumors that he has had significant health problems. That's never been proven. That's never been like uh, reported or anything like that. But I know people have talked about this, that he has come off like he has battled something and just has never told anyone about it. So I, I don't know. I can't say if that's true or not. But um, he definitely looks and sounds a lot different than he used to. And it's not just because of age. It, it might be something else. We just, you know, we don't know. All right. Let me give you the uh, two biggest moments I can remember from Vince McMahon. My two favorites when he 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 took one for the team. When, yeah. when he got his head shaved by Stone Cold <laughs> and the eventual 45th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. All yeah. right. That's one right there. That was as a result of what? A match bet? Yeah, yeah. So that was a WrestleMania match between this guy Bobby Lashley and this guy Umaga, who uh, died not long after that. Oh, no. And um, and Trump. That was the thing. Was was Trump going to allow his hair to be shaved? And of course, that was not going to happen. And right. Vince did, and Vince let the head be shaved. And it was actually a, a, a very notable thing in a lot of ways. One of them was for years there was a rumor that Vince wore a toupee. And the shaving of the head revealed that that was not a toupee, that that was actually his hair, and the hair eventually grew back, but he had his head shaved at WrestleMania. I'm looking at the pictures, and they are yeah. fantastic. He's got yeah. shaving cream all over. <laughs> Stone Cold's holding him down. Trump is, like, laughing, doing yeah. it in the ring. So there's yeah. that. The other great moment was this one right here. Stone Cold attacking Vince in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was as a result of what? So that was, I want to say that was September of 98. I might be off on the month. I'd have to check that. But it was definitely 98. And that was when the Attitude Era was really blossoming. That was with Austin becoming the main guy. That was right. with Vince. Shock paddles. Heel. Yeah. He shock paddled Vince. <laughs> And Steve, you, I think you've already played it. Steve hits him over the head with a bedpan, and it makes this massive sound. And Vince has talked about that, how that hurt like crazy. <laughs> but, but it was great TV, so he took it. Well, there you go. In the end run of things, was Vince McMahon a good guy or a bad guy?
Galdi. Well, if you're if you're uh, adhering to morals, uh, you have to say bad. But you know, morality is different for everyone. If you're just saying, was he good for business, which is what he cared about? Well, the answer is is absolutely yes, because yeah. he changed the game. He forever changed the game. And uh, I give him a lot of credit for that. You have to. You can't deny it. Um, what he did to wrestling can never be denied. All right, Galdi. Love talking wrestling with you. Thanks for the time, bud. I appreciate All it. All right, Thank buddy. You. See you. Al Galdi from the Al Galdi podcast. I know, creative, right? Search for it, A-L-G-A-L-D-I. We know how to spell it. Thank you. Search for it wherever you get your podcast. He is literally the best at covering DC sports, not just, of course, he's a savant at wrestling. Listen to the dates. He's like, ah, that would be 98, probably November. That happened. Oh, no, that was in the fall of 94. He's the best at covering DC sports all around. I think he's better than Sheehan. I think he's better than Andy. I think he's way better than me in terms of that. He knows more about everything, and he leans into it, and he does the work. He is a classic, classic sports radio host. Please make his podcast, if you're a DC sports fan, part of your daily diet. You will not be disappointed. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm glad. I'm ecstatic, in fact, that I do not have to care anymore about the commanders at this point as they open camp the usual sort of summer optimism will no doubt be reigning supreme the faithful will spin fantasies of every possible break that could be imagined the outperforming of expectations at every position by every player including the rookies and guys coming back from injury Even though a little bit of disappointing news, I saw today that uh, Chase Young, second overall pick in the NFL draft three years ago, still not ready to play despite his knee injury midway through last year. Uh, They're going to hope to get him up and running at some point before the season begins, but I think that is now officially in jeopardy in that he is not ready to play, uh, or not ready to practice even, has not been cleared yet. Carson Wentz will be talked into a version of John Elway in his prime before anyone starts sacking him into oblivion and they start losing. And people will, you know, probably send polite lies out there about, I, I really like these new uniforms. I do. And new name is growing on me as well. Reality is, I think Dan Snyder is still a virtual fugitive and he's still on his boat somewhere, which is hilarious and also crazy all at once. Ron Rivera remains severely overrated as a coach and also kind of delusional about his own shit not stinking. And the new accessories to the name and the uniforms are going to be rolled out here piece by piece. The new fight song has been unveiled. It's the old fight song with just a line or two changed. Was once hail to the Redskins. Hail, very simple. Now it's Hail to the commanders. There's an extra syllable in there. Hail to the warpath. Braves. Okay, hold on. Here it is. Hail to the commander. 
Hail to the commanders! Hail victory! Fight for our commanders! <laughs> Fight for old DC! Runner, passer, score, we want a lot. This is all the same as it was before. Swap them, touchdown, let the of course, I get the drums beating, which could still be considered cultural appropriation. Washington, rah, 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 hail. Any good fight song has to have rah-rahs in it. Hail victory. Fight for our commanders. Fight for all DC. Guess that's Andy Bernard's a cappella group there. Now there's a second version, since you're already saying, "Oh God, make it stop, please." I gotta play the second option because uh, I think they're gonna let the fans vote. Which one do you like better? Hail to the commanders! Hail victory! Leaders on a mission, <laughs> fight for all DC. Runner, passer, score, we want a lot more. Beat them, swamp them, touch and let the points soar. Fight on, fight on, till you have won all of Washington. All of Washington. Run, 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 Not run, sons run. of Washington. That's too non-inclusive. Hail victory. Leaders on a mission. <laughs> fight for all DC. That leaders on a mission thing, that, that hits like a lead balloon. They both suck. You got a new name, you got a new logo, get a new fucking song. Like, what are you holding on to exactly? Just get rid of it. Anyhow, I am sorry if you are a local DC diehard who still wants me to care, or at least be respectful and not mock the team. I know I've gotten those emails. You want me to even be hopeful about the team or say, hey, I hope you guys do good. I'm not sure I can be that guy, though. I'm not rooting against you. And if they are good, hey, I'll say it. And if I am wrong about Carson Wentz, I will own it. But man, thank God I am not slinging three hours of AM radio pretending to give a shit at this point. Lastly, the lunatics are running the country. I'm sure you know this because you're in touch with what's going on outside of the world of sports. I don't have any solutions to it. I don't have any real hope to sell you. I just feel like as I watch all this happening, I say, you know, you got a platform. You should probably at least just say, hey, the emperor is naked. He's got no clothes. It's, it's not a new suit. It's a barrel. The descent into madness and outright lying continues and seemingly is speeding up. Kamala Harris today at a meeting, some important meeting, some important people, big boardroom, big stateroom. Everybody masked, oh, by the way, starts by saying, my name is Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she, her. I am a woman wearing a blue suit. (laughs) They went around the table and they all did the same thing. What the hell? Now, apparently I've read this is done for the visually impaired, that it helps those who are visually impaired know, okay, who's who at this meeting? But does it matter what color, suit, or dress, or whatever you're wearing? And the pronouns. My God, the pronouns. Biden's econ guy today said, no, we're not in a recession. Kidding me? A recession? And then tried to say, well, technically, two straight quarters of negative economic growth. 
not everybody uses that as a definition for recession. This comes after a Supreme Court justice was nominated telling Congress that she cannot define what a woman is because, well, she's not a scientist. Vaccines have long been redefined months and months ago as to not meaning what they used to actually mean. And by the way, the vaccines are failing all around the world. South Korea, record high rates despite 95% being vaccinated. Same thing for Australia and New Zealand, all these other COVID zero countries that were the darlings early pandemic. But, you know, whatever. Fauci is running around saying he never said lock things down, even though there's multiple recorded examples of just that. The lying is just crazy. You're on tape in this interview saying, how can you? He's also now banging the drum for more masking with kids in school. Two and a half plus years into it. When people said early on, this will be the forever pandemic, is too beneficial to the politicians and certainly more beneficial to one party, I almost said, get out of here. Well, here we are, two and a half years later. Everybody has had COVID. Every important person, every world leader that said, no, you get these shots, you won't get COVID. Some are getting it multiple times. (laughs) And I regret to report that at the airport, I've noticed, anecdotally, I've not taken a survey, that the mask idiots are making a comeback, a rally of sorts. A big rally? Nah. But a rally, I'm seeing more and more wearing them. And I'm seeing young people wearing them. My God, I look at the young people wearing them and I think, what is wrong with you? The conformity, the sheep. Meh. And then there's people wearing the flimsiest of the masks. You know, the uh, light blue surgical nappies. That really don't stop anything other than a giant booger launcher, possibly. I just want to go to them and say, how dumb are you? Like, really? But people will say, what does it bother you? Why does it matter? It matters because I don't want to live with sheep. It scares the shit out of me that there's so many people out there, seemingly well-to-do, educated, nice suits, Professional people still doing this. Old Debbie Burks and her scarf has a book out bragging about how she lied to the president and said, well, I got no data to support this two-week shutdown, but just give it to me and then quietly I'll go find it. I'll go figure out the data. Make it up. Who knows? The World Health Organization has declared monkeypox a global pandemic despite cases numbering in the thousands on a planet of 7 billion. Worldwide spread through gay uh, worldwide spread is through gay sex 95% of the time says multiple organizations but no it's a global pandemic now. Their own panel of experts voted against declaring it a global pandemic 9 to 5 and and the and the clown in charge this guy Tedros said well it was a it was a deadlock so I had to break the deadlock and I'm calling it a pandemic. But hey, at least there's no mean tweets, right? So we got that going for us, right? Jesus. We can't live with these people. We can't share a country with these people. We need a rapid, peaceful national divorce. Did you hear my peaceful? Okay? And we need to get on with it. Maybe someday in my lifetime I will see it. But 
I'm pessimistic about that as well. Can I leave you at least on something positive, something happy, something to make you say, okay, now I feel better. You were really bumming me out there. All right, here's a good one for you. Will Zalatoris, young stud on the PGA Tour out of Wake Forest, skinny kid, very polite, long hitter for a little kid, for a little guy, little man. Not such a great putter, but he's working on it. Was introduced like this by the PR lackey at the Rocket Mortgage Classic Golf Tournament this week. Take a listen. At the 2022 Rocket Mortgage Classic, Will's making his second start in the event, for finishing 77th last year. So, Will, if we could just get an opening comment uh, on your return to the uh, Detroit Golf Club. Yeah, thanks for the highlight of the 77th. Yeah, sorry about um, that. <laughs> It's a beautiful place, and those guys have been super accommodating. So looking forward to coming back this year and obviously improving on my 77th last year. (laughs) He pulled it off perfectly. He was not genuinely pissed. He was just sort of tweaking the guy going, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll work on that 77th. See, that's a PR guy who just is reading the notes that someone else typed up. You know, any fact, any stat, doesn't matter the context. He didn't feel confident enough to go, you know what, let me introduce Will Zalatoris. How about I mention he was runner-up at the U.S. Open and played in last year's Rocket Mortgage. We won't talk about the 77th because it's nothing to brag about. Good for Will. A funny pushback without being a dick about it. All right, thanks for listening. Have yourself a great Wednesday. Spread the word if you like this podcast. Rate and review. And don't be daunted if Spotify puts a COVID warning on this podcast. We'll see if they do or not. We'll see if the algorithm is listening or maybe a live human being to go, "Mm, could be some misinformation here. Thanks for listening. Have a great Wednesday, everybody, and we will see you next time. And think of the summers of the past. Adjust the face and let the alpine blast. Pop in my CD and let me run around and put your car on cruise and lay back because it's summertime. Hundred and sixty-two games of baseball a season can feel like a grind to watch, but you can put the excitement back into each and every game with my bookie. Run lines, money lines, props galore. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie. Getting started is simple. Deposit three hundred dollars and play with two hundred dollars instantly. Just use promo code ZABE to claim a my bookie deposit bonus. Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the MyBookie family. Go ahead and sign up today using promo code ZABE to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with MyBookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.com.